Oh, no. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Oh No with Anna Campion. It's me, your host, Anna Campion. This is a podcast all about embarrassing stories. And uh, yeah, you know, another uh, another week in the can. Am I right or am I right? Um, and I am joined today by the lovely Jennifer Whedon Palazzo. Hi, Jen. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty well. That's good. September going okay so far for you? It's going. It's going. I hate the summer's over, but I'm so glad that my kids are back in school so that I have uninterrupted time to do things yes. like this. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's part of September. Um, how old are your kids? I have a six-year-old and an 11-year-old. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. I feel like six is a really fun age. It is. It's, it's very fun and very challenging all yes. at once. Was that my computer making that noise? Hold on. I'm going to turn that off. For you. Okay. Well, thank you. That. Okay. That is a okay. Listen. All right. We play it by <laughs> ear here. Um, okay. So you, have, you have a, so you have a six-year-old and 11-year-old. So they're in like what? Like first and fourth grade or something? First grade, first grade and fifth grade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're both big kids this year in the big kids school. And, um, yeah, it's it's um it's the mo- the mother's you know dream for school mm-hmm. to be in session. Yes, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> um when when I was in fifth grade, my brother was in third grade, and my sister was in first grade, and um so we were all at the same school, mm-hmm. and it was always uh really fun because uh we would see each other like in the hallways and stuff like that. And like say hi to each other and give each other high fives and hugs and stuff like that. Um, you liked each other at school. <laughs> <laughs> you liked each other at school. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We well, and that was that was also the only time that we were all well. We all went to Catholic school when I was in sixth grade, so we would all like kind of see each other then too. But that was the only time that we were all like in like a proper elementary school together. Because when we were in Catholic school, I was in sixth grade, and so I was in like the upper school. Um, right. So I was upstairs and they were downstairs. Um, yeah. So I didn't get to see them as much, but, um, yeah. it was all, I, 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 it was always fun. I, I liked it. And, um, do your kids like each other? <laughs> <laughs> they seem to just, they have enough years between them that for a long time, it was like the big brother taking care of the little baby and they mm-hmm. weren't like peers. But in the past six months or so, so for some reason, they've now, they now see each other as peers, maybe because the younger one is getting feistier and they fight constantly. Yeah. It's, it's constant, but mm-hmm. I, they love each other. They'll never let someone else pick on their brother or no. sister, but they'll relentlessly. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that's my brother and sister have like two and a half years between them and they used to fight like cats and dogs when they were kids. Like we, like I, they couldn't sit next to each other in the car for a long time. So I would sit in the middle and like have to like press their heads against the windows to get them to like not fight. But now they're like, now, uh, my brother and sister. Oh, I separate them by rows too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, now, uh, my brother actually just turned, uh, 23, uh, on the ninth. Happy birthday, PJ. He doesn't listen, but, um, and my, and my sister is 20 and they go to college together. They go to the same college. And so Aww. they're like BFFs and they, uh, 
And I think like, especially once I went to college and they were in um, high school together, um, they became like super close and super tight. So yeah, I think once you become an adult, it's nothing like having that like shared good memories and dysfunction from growing up together that you like, you know, each other. Yeah. I think, um, well, what was super helpful for me and my siblings is, um, my dad got cancer when I was 12 and he's fine now. No worries. He's, he's like 11 years. He's he's like 12 years clean. I think at this point, um, so he's totally fine, but that like, uh, real trauma bonding happened when, when that happened. So it was like, from then on, we, like, we were like, we can't fight anymore. It's like as, as, big as cancer and losing your parent, nothing is worth fighting over when that's. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, thank God my dad is totally fine, but, um, yeah, it was like, after that, like we were all kind of like, okay, we're not going to fight anymore. We, (laughs) we gotta like, we gotta prioritize a little bit. Um, yeah. So I hope it doesn't come to that of like, I have to get cancer for my kids to stop fighting, but oh no, I'm sure, I'm sure it will out of it. Hopefully there will be some, maybe, I don't know, maybe did, maybe like the shared trauma of like COVID. I don't know. Maybe that'll help yeah. at some point. Maybe. Let's hope but so. Anyway. So, um, besides your kids, what else do you do? <laughs> what, what's, uh, what are you all about? Well, for most of my life, I was an actor and a shoe model. Um, and then getting back to the subject, I had kids and things changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started, I had always studied improv and I'd always loved writing. So I started writing some of my experiences, um, which became a web series called slummy mummy. And that went to film festivals and that did well. And basically long story short, it snowballed into, um, I run an online network of comedy videos for parents called mom cave. So like man cave, but this is the mom cave. And it's become, at first it was just, you know, a YouTube channel with a lot of comedy videos, but now it's become a thing with, you know, sponsors and live shows and speaking engagements and all this cool stuff. So I'm the mama in charge is what we say. Mama in charge of mom cave. You're the mama bear of mom cave. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're the, you're the matriarch of mom cave. That makes me sound really old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, um, I'm the queen of mom cave. You're, yeah, Some you're, time. you're just in charge. Yeah. We don't have to, you know, there's an age is, age is but a number. Yes. And, and also you're not old. I feel old, but I'm not that old. But anyway, that's what I do. So I run mom cave and um, it's fun. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Uh, so when you were an actor, what kind of stuff did you act in? Well, you know, I started out loving being all dramatic and doing all of the dramatic things and the classical things. And then I quickly realized um, that I was always getting cast as like the nerdy sidekick girl in commercials. And <laughs> at first I was like, oh, that's selling out the commercials. But you know what? It paid, it paid my bills. It took care of me for a long time and it was pretty fun. So then I started doing improv and all that. And yeah. So then it became more comedy. Cool. Were you doing like, um, did you do a lot of like stage acting and stuff like that when you were in this sort of like dramatic classical sense? I did. I did. Um, I, I loved it all. And there's not nothing like being live 
on stage in front of people. It's terrifying and wonderful. So yeah. I, I'll do that again someday. Yeah, my last, uh, my last sort of dramatic um, role, I played for number two in the, uh, in my second grade play, Geology Rocks. Um, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and, uh, I had me and the two other ferns, there were three of us. We had, um, a song about fossil fuels and how, when we decompose, we become fossil fuels. So that was my last, uh, journey into drama really, but, right. um, it was exhilarating. I do remember feeling like, wow, yeah. it's kind of fun. Yeah. Anything can happen. Were you, were you like a Shakespeare girl at all? I did. I loved the Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I grew up outside of Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, sure. I'm from, uh, I'm from Northern Virginia and my cousins lived in um, oh, Lutherville outside yeah. of Baltimore for a long time. So I'm very familiar with that area. Okay. So what I was going to say about that is that I had quite the Pasadena, Maryland accent. And, um, you know, went to college and paid all the big bucks to go to the speech classes and learn to, I hope, sound, as they call it, general American dialect, right? But a lot of the times when I was really into doing the Shakespeare, I, I think I still had that, like, Pasadena accent, and I bet it didn't sound so great for Shakespeare. I don't know. That's going to be my excuse of why I'm not, like, a huge famous Shakespearean actor. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's the Baltimore and like Baltimore Jason accent. I find very funny. Um, it just always reminds me of hairspray. Um, yeah, totally. that's the and, accent. My mother still has it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> drinking <laughs> drinking rum and cokes with the hoi polloi. That's that's what that's my line. Great, <laughs> um, you got it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I, yeah, I was, I, it, it is funny how like the sort of like general mid, like the sort of like, I feel like the, I don't know. It's like, there's like pockets of America that like, don't, I feel like don't have an accent. And I feel like I'm mm -hmm. kind of from one of those pockets um, yeah. just because I'm from like Northern Virginia and I feel like there's no, well, there's no real culture there. Sort of thing. There's no real natives. <laughs> I feel like I, well, no, cause it's like everyone, you know, who's there, like, uh, is there, uh, you know, cause their parents work at like the state department or whatever. Like it's a lot of sort of transplants. Right. Um, yes. so, you know, but anyhow, uh, on to the, to the thesis of the podcast about uh, yeah. embarrassing stories and stuff. Are you a person who, I mean, you're, you're an actor. So I feel like you, I feel like actors kind of don't get embarrassed a lot because oh, you kind of got to leave it all out. You got to really no. go places. No, no, you're so wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, everybody's different and there are some people that care more about appearances than others. So they probably get embarrassed even more easily. But I think a lot of actors are really very, very um, self-conscious people on the inside. And it, at least for me, it, it gives, when, I, when someone tells me what I'm supposed to say and do and seem like, that gives you like a, a mask of your being this character. But when you have to be yourself, and horrible things happen, that's really embarrassing. <laughs> so, so you are an easily embarrassed person, you would say? I think I am. I think I, I'm also like an easily blushing, flushing kind of person. 
and I get embarrassed. Did, did that change at all when you like had kids? Do you feel like you got like a thicker skin for things or not so much? Yeah. Well, I, I did. You kind of have to. And I did because just like a lot of the body stuff that would embarrass you when you're having kids, like sometimes when you're giving birth, there's like 10 people in the room looking at your lady parts at once and you, you get over it because you're in such pain that you're like, mm-hmm. anyone who can help come in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so like getting over that, like that gets you over a lot of body embarrassment stuff. And then you have to learn to live with this like little being that has no filter and go out in public with them. And you kind of have to develop at least a sense of humor about it. Otherwise you're just going to be constantly humiliated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think my mom, I think kind of went through the same thing. Cause when I was a kid, uh, my brother and sister didn't do this, but I had, I've never had a filter and, um, I would throw like temper tantrums in public as a kid, yeah. which is, which is humiliating for me. But also like, I think, I think my mom probably had a similar experience where she was just like, we just got to get through this. We just got to get you in the car seat. Um, that sort of thing. So, um, you mentioned you have a couple of stories. Um, yeah. so my, my apologies. There's a, uh, uh, there's a drag race that happens outside of my apartment every day. <laughs> and so all of the, yeah. all of that, <laughs> yeah. Not, not really, but I have a ton of cars outside of like every day that have like no mufflers on and are just like, it adds a lot of ambiance to a podcast recording. Um, right. So okay, it's real. Yeah. So please, uh, I would love to hear about your embarrassing stories. All right. As would my captive so, audience. Yes. Okay. Captive audience. <laughs> The first story is kind of related to the whole, the acting world. So years ago, you'll know how many years ago when I tell you which movie this was. I was working in the movie, A Beautiful Mind. Mm. So I think that was, came out in like 2000 or 2001. Anyhow, um, I have the teeniest, the tiniest of parts, like so tiny. I, I didn't actually even have a character name, but hey, I, I still get residuals. So it's worth it. Yeah. But anyhow, I'm working on this movie and, you know, it takes place at, Princeton because that's where the character went and we were filming at Princeton and we were there many many days at a time and there was like this main big room where we all had lunch and hung out and we weren't filming and we weren't important enough to have trailers sorry that's okay I'm mute that okay so there's this big room where we're all hanging out for lunch for you know waiting around and um we're all in these like 19 50s, I think, or was it 60s-esque outfits and hairstyles and whatever. And um, one day I, and people like play cards, read, talk, whatever. I went into the ladies room and I was so shocked by something that I saw that I freaked out and ran out of the ladies room. There was some construction going on. So like the wall wasn't quite close, you know, like it was being built onto their, right. there was construction signs right. and stuff and part of the ladies room. And I saw this creature and I'd never seen it before and I wasn't expecting to see it. And I ran out into this huge room of all of these actors, some of them people I really respect. And I started screaming, there's a beaver in the ladies room. There's a beaver in the ladies room. I thought it was a beaver. Um, I had never heard that that's an expression for like yeah. female genitalia. I don't uh, know. There's a, there's a lot of beavers in the ladies room. 
<laughs> exactly. So everyone first just looked at me like, yeah, of course there's a fever. And then they just started laughing. And I was just, I had no idea. I didn't know. And there were like, like Russell Crowe was, you know, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then all these other like young people that I thought were fabulous that I wanted to like be. And um, I just turned bright red and just stood there for a while until like a kind person took my hand and like took me aside and said, um, do you know what that means? And they explained it to me. And ever since like then we still had many days of work and every day I was like called beaver girl and laughed at a little. That's, that was one of my most embarrassing. Um, my, moments. my question is, did anyone go to check that about the creature <laughs> yeah, in the like bathroom? After- Right. After they got over making fun of me and everything, then they did go check. There was, in fact, a beaver. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like a live animal beaver. Yeah. Because it had come in through this construction. Right. Um, And that was cool. I don't think I've ever seen a beaver in real life myself. I know. I I also I also would freak out. And I know that beaver is a term. for. What would you say? Like if that were you and you knew that beaver was a term for female genitalia and you ran out, what would you say? There is an animal in the lake. I, I would say there is a live beaver. There is a full beaver. And like, I feel like, I feel like a full, maybe a full beaver. I think you did. I think you did what anyone would do. That's the thing. I think I would do the same thing. Yeah, an actual animal beaver in the There's a naked beaver. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's see, that also sucks. I don't know. There's no winning. That's so interesting that a real beaver came into the the restroom. I don't know why that would benefit it. Like, I don't know why it would venture in there. I don't know. Maybe it was looking for food, but are they nocturnal? Because if so, then that makes me think it could be rabid, which is even worse. <laughs> I don't. Beaver. I don't think beavers are nocturnal. I, okay. Well, you know what? I'm on my I'm on my space machine. Beavers <laughs> nocturnal. Um, beavers are mostly nocturnal. Okay. So mostly. Yikes. Do beavers come out during the day? But occasionally can be seen out and about during the day. Was this at in dusk late. or early in the morning? I don't remember. It was so long ago. Could have been either. You know, you're yeah. there all day, hours and hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't that one down with a few people yeah that's tough um and sets are it's like I've I've worked as a as a uh, production assistant on a couple of like uh you know small movie sets and stuff like that and um the thing is is that like you're so tired because and especially if um you know god bless like you know these these extras and sort of like not principal actors because it's a lot of you know just being on set is a lot of hurry up and wait. Right. And particularly for, you know, the, like, uh, you know, people who are not in, who are like sort of like production assistants and extras. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not the stars and not the important people and, um, the replaceables as it were. Um, and, uh, so I think it's, you know, like, I remember when, so how I got mine was like, I, I first, I moved to New York right after I graduated and I lived, um, super high up in Manhattan, like above Harlem, even like right near, like I lived across the river from like Fordham. So I was super North and, what, um, what street, was it? Hmm? Like what street, like what street, what number would you say? 
Just curious. I would get off at the, I would get off at like the 191st stop. Okay. I think. Yep. I, I've lived just below, I lived at 181st and mm-hmm. 157th. Yeah. So you're a little, yeah. Yeah. It's high Manhattan. Yeah. I was in the, I was in like Inwood and I would tell people, right. they would be like, Oh, what neighborhood are you living? I'm like, I'm in Inwood for the month. And they're like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, and the production was filmed like right near union square. That was like where the mm-hmm. headquarters were. And so I would have to get up at like two in the morning to uh, go to get on the subway by like three in the morning to make sure that I was there by four in the morning to like get everyone coffee and stuff. And then I would be there until like 11 or 12 at night. So it was, right. um, it was pretty intense. And I also had an internship at that time. So when I wasn't doing that, oh, I was, I was commuting from Inwood to the financial district, which is, uh, for those of you not familiar with Manhattan geography, um, the financial district is literally at the bottom <laughs> of Manhattan. So I was, I was going from top to bottom, uh, to, yeah. I mean, every day for like that's a month. Right. That takes an hour at least. Yeah. And that's an hour when the trains are running efficiently. And thankfully, right, yeah. thankfully, I was off either the one or the A, which are very well running trains, but yeah. whew, it was tough. So I can totally see how like when when you're when you're doing that much and you're like so all over the place and you're just kind of like like it's like you're really tense almost all day, even if you're not doing anything because you're just like waiting for someone to like ask right. you to do something. So I had my fair share of embarrassment on that set myself. Um, and I think it was a lot just because I was just like tired and I would just like say yeah. something and then be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that was right. You don't, when you're tired, you don't have like that one extra little filter that checks just before it leaves your mouth. Like you just mm-hmm. don't have it. And that filter definitely goes away when you see a live animal that you're not expecting to see right. in, well, you know, in, in the, the ladies room. Yeah. At least it wasn't a cat. There's a pussy. No, I don't know. (laughs) Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anyone who calls a cat. I don't know anyone who calls a cat a pussy unless they're trying to be funny. That's the thing. It's like a beaver is a beaver. Right. Like on Looney Tunes, probably. I feel like Mm -hmm. like one of those old pussies on Looney Tunes. But other than that, nobody calls a cat. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I only see people trying to be funny say that. Like, oh, look at my pussy. Right. And then they show a cat. So it's, like, it's like, that's very clever, Jared. Right. Um, yeah, gosh. Um, yeah, that, well, okay. Was that also right after Russell Crowe did Gladiator? It was, it was. Because we were filming that, I think during, um, when he got the Academy Award, mm-hmm. because I very well remember being the like dirt poor in my Manhattan apartment, watching TV with my husband and bemoaning that I had to get up at 4 a.m. again. And and he was like, and we watched the Academy Awards and he won. And he's like, but you're in a movie with an Academy Award winning actor. And you know, that's pretty cool. Not a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of people can say that, you know? True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would, um, overwhelm me. Like, ah. having to, 
I also, do you, do you feel like now that you, like after having been kind of like a working actor and being, you know, around people like that, do you get starstruck at all or are you kind of over no. it now? No. And it's funny because like my, my younger sister gets very starstruck. So there've mm-hmm. been times when we're together. I don't, Maybe I think it's just a defense defense mechanism of like I'm an actor, but I'm a working actor and I'm not famous. Mm-hmm. That you're like, oh, celebrity. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it, but that. in a way, it's like, yeah, you're protecting your own ego. But in another way, it's because if you freaked out and got starstruck every time you met somebody, like you would be fired and you would, you know, yeah, you like, wouldn't so, get any roles. You wouldn't be able to work. Yeah. So I I don't I don't get starstruck, but um yeah, I've I've met a lot of famous people and. Some of them are nice and they're just people. Yeah, they're just people. That's I've I'm I'm working on my star my starstruck sensibilities. Who would make you like the most starstruck if you saw them? Olivia Wilde. If Olivia if I ever met Olivia Wilde, I would faint. I would. You would faint. I would faint. Um one time I've I tell this story all the time on the podcast, but um I'll tell it again. <laughs> um oh, I saw it. I saw Tilda Swinton walking out of, um, I think like 30 rock, uh, when I was going to, I don't know, MoMA or something. And Mm -hmm. I made eye contact with her and I was like, Oh my God, that's Tilda Swinton. Because it's just like impossible not to stare at her. Cause she's so like, she looks like a, she, she looks like what she looks like a, like, like, like an elk. Like if they became like a human, you know what I mean? Like she looks just like, You know okay. what I mean? It's like, she has this like presence that you just kind of have to like, you just like quietly look at. Cause you're like, Oh my yeah. God, that, what a striking, like what a. Remember when she was the, uh, what's it called? The white witch in Narnia. Yeah. In, in Narnia, that's like, yeah, she's yeah. so strict. And she looks like that in real life. And she's wearing, you know, these mm-hmm. fabulous clothes. And I like just kind of stopped in my tracks and just like looked at her and I was like, Oh my God. And this was also the first time I had been to New York really in my adult life. Um, I was like 22 and, um, so I'm just like looking at her and she looked at me and just like nodded as if to say like, Mm -hmm. I am Tilda Swinton. It's okay that you're staring. And then she kept walking. (laughs) She appreciated that. Like, I, I think celebrities really appreciate it. If you, you might like acknowledge them or show respect, but basically don't bother them. Yeah. Like that's, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. They just appreciate that you did that. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was also the day that, um, you might appreciate this, that I pretended to be a single parent to get on TV. Oh, yeah. cool. Did, and it worked. Yeah. They asked <laughs> me to pretend they asked me to pretend yeah. it was like, they needed, they needed people to basically feed these questions for this daytime, you know, happy national single parent day or whatever here. Okay. We're doing like a segment where single parents ask questions to this like parenting expert or whatever. So right, they were like, it's so weird. How, like the whole, the I've done some reality show stuff, and like reality shows and talk shows, how they, they're so not real, but they're not totally lying, but they just like manufacture everything. What um, like what have you done for like reality shows and talk shows and stuff like that? Just like uh, audience member kind of thing. No, um, there was a show. What, what channel was it on? It might have been on Annie. I forget. But there was a show called Garrow Unleashed. And Garrow's like this. Yeah, it got canceled, obviously. Mm, sure. <laughs> He's like a famous fashion designer. And um, he was doing this show where he would like make over, make somebody this amazing culture outfit 
for some like milestone in their life. Right. And my manager said, you should go on. It's good publicity. And you're going to get like a $5,000 outfit. So I did. And it was fun. Um, and the milestone was that I just had my first baby and like getting used to being curvy and all of this. And he made me this awesome vintage, like Grace Kelly dress with a pillbox hat. Um, but you know, through the whole thing, they're like asking you questions and, and they leave you a lot and they definitely want you to cry. Like <laughs> they'll do anything to make you cry. And part of this show is that he would present th like three options to you to, before he got his final design. And it, they made it very clear without saying that they wanted me to hate all of the options and be as vocal as possible about it. Because it's, I guess it's not entertaining to see somebody just be like, oh, that's nice. I like yeah. that. So it's not, it's not entertaining to be compliant. Right. It's not, and they want you to be just totally dramatic and crazy. Um, so I obliged a tiny bit, but I'm not dramatic and crazy. Pretty yeah. well, easy going. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that vibe from you. I don't, I don't see you throwing a hissy fit over a custom made couture outfit. Right. That doesn't seem to be your vibe. I mean, when most of my wardrobe is from Old Navy, like I'm not. Yeah. Gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I always thought for a while that I would be really good as like a reality TV producer. Um, mm -hmm. And then I worked uh, as a, a video editor on Alaskan Bush People. Oh, cool. And I would not be good in reality TV. That was like one of the most disheartening jobs I've ever had in my life. And I worked as like, I've worked as like a nanny and a babysitter. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, I've, I've, I've felt very dejected after days of work and really? every, every day I would go home and I would be like, I hate my life right now. Like this, oh. it was so, it was so awful. And thankfully I don't have to do it anymore, but I, I have, I've given up that, that tiny little pipe dream of being I'm like an evil yeah. Producer. I'm getting that we have in common a lot of like menial jobs to make money in order to live in New York City and be, be actors. Yeah. Well, I, I do not, I, I, I can't act. I, I, I have no real desire to be an actor. Yeah. Um, that's never been my thing. Um, but I do like attention, which is why I do the <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, so I like being like a, like a personality, but I don't think right. I can be an actor. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. I, yeah. And I've worked with actors and, um, I think, you know, you do, I mean, there is, there is a talent to it that I just don't have. Um, and there are, it's really hard, I think to be like, I feel like once you get to a certain point, then you can kind of just be like, well, I'm an actor and I'm famous. And so I get to be a famous <laughs> actor, but you know, that's kind of everything. Like when you, you have to work really hard to get successful at it and then you can kind of coast for a bit, but it's hard. It's super hard. And it is not, not for me. I take, I like, I'm just not a good like liar and <laughs> I'm not good at like faking it. Like I don't have a very good yeah. poker face. Um, right. So I don't like either, but it's something different when it's like, it's like sanctioned lying because mm -hmm. it's your job. Right. So then it's different than actual lying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I've tried it like, cause I, uh, you know, um, 
oh my God, this, this would be so awful. Um, talk, talk about embarrassing. I was a film major in um, college and I took this production class and, you know, we, every week or so we'd have to make, you know, these little film, little short films. And sometimes it would be me on camera. And sometimes I would do like the voice acting and I would leave the room when my, (laughs) whenever my like project went up. Oh, I hate listening to my own voice or see, no. Yeah. Yeah. People go, um, sometimes like, uh, you know, someone will ask me like, Oh, Anna, what are you listening to? And I'm like, Oh, just, you know, one of my podcast episodes. And they go, Oh, you listen to your own podcast. And I'm like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. I listen to it as little as possible. Like I'm talking about a podcast that I like subscribe to or whatever, but like, I just, that, that is really, I will say like, I, am not a super easily embarrassed person. Like I find that I really like am able to like power through embarrassment, but I can't do it when it's like something that I actually worked on really hard because it's like, I kind of don't want to see people's genuine response to it. Like I kind of can't, I kind of can't do it. I think that's best because if you listened to the podcast, then as you were doing it, you'd know that your future self would be listening to it. And then you would get even more self-conscious and you might change things. Whereas now you're just authentically you and funny and great. And, and that's why it's a good podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Stop it, you. No, um, but even oh. but even when I'm, you know, recording, like I'm always taking like little mental notes of like, oh, like, you know, you're going to edit this part out and, and you know, right. you're going to splice these two pieces together. And, you know, because I take, you know, sort of editor notes, but like it's, um, I mean, even thinking about like, uh, like my mom listens to some episodes and mm-hmm. I, I love her and she and I are very close, but I'm always like, but I'm always like, never bring it up to me. Like say it's good. Uh-huh. And that's it. Like never bring it up to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. and not, I mean, like, I feel like I can take like criticism and stuff like that, but when it's like someone I love very much and like really respect being like, well, I listen to your podcast. I'm like really bracing mm-hmm. myself. Like I have to clench every muscle. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do a lot of lot like Facebook live, Instagram live now, TikTok lives, all these things for mom cave. And eventually they, I go back and some of them are edited into things for festivals and stuff, but most of them, I just forget. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear it anymore afterwards. And, um, I'm conscious at the time that like my mom could watch it. My mother-in-law could watch it. My husband could watch it. And so many funny things. Like I'm like, I, I, you take that split second, be like, is that gonna upset them? Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> how many of your funny stories in life are about the people that are like really close to you? Well, yeah, um, and and I mean, I have nothing but all the love in the world for my family, and but it, it, they are funny and they are yeah. very, you know, it is extremely easy. Thank God, my dad is, you know, an absolute. I mean, he he couldn't if he couldn't find this podcast. I don't think he could. Um, so it's a little bit easier for me to sort of like make fun of him a little bit, but, um, yeah, I, I kind of, um, I kind of end up, I think censoring myself a little bit, um, with my family. Cause I'm like, no, I love you guys. Like, I don't want you to feel bad or anything. Sometimes I warn them or sense with them after, or like mm-hmm. there have been a few pod, um, not podcasts, like live shows when we're talking, I know we're going to talk about a lot of sex or something. And on the top of it, be like, if my mother-in-law is watching this, please stop. Yeah. And yeah. 
Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that sometimes too, where I'll like start to tell a story and I'm like, and if you're related to me and you're listening, I implore you to turn it off right now (laughs) (laughs) or skip ahead, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is. Um, Right. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, but I also think that is just like something that I think you have to learn when you're like a creative is that you have to learn to like be able to sort of separate yourself and like your feelings about your project once you finish it. And I think that's something that I'm still like kind of figuring out how to, how to do properly. Um, and, and I think a lot with the podcast is because I do it all myself. And so I think it's really hard for me to sort of separate myself from it after that, because it'd be different if I had like, you know, someone else who was like editing it for me, for example, because then if I listen to the end product, I can be like, oh, that's an interesting choice, but like, I'm doing all of it. So it's a little bit harder for me to like look at it with any sort of like critical or objective eye, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Getcha. (sighs) Anyway, I'll live. I'll live. Um, But yeah. Um, Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on. You are very welcome. I've had a really, yeah, I've had a really, I think we've had a lovely chat. I think we've, we've learned a lot about each other. I'd points of commonality yes I always I'm constantly having more embarrassing things happen to me so I'm happy to share them with you for your amusement whenever (laughs) oh absolutely you're welcome back whenever you want you're you're welcome back whenever whenever you want but um yeah I would love to give you this opportunity to you know plug yourself and where all my listeners can you know find you and where you know they should go for different you know content of yours awesome Okay. You know, you're supposed to be able to do like an elevator speech. Mm-hmm. I never, I never perfected that. So I'm just going to rattle off the top of my head. Um, especially if you are a parent or thinking about com- becoming a parent and the idea of like mommy bloggers and Pinterest, like make you want to throw up, then you're going to fit in with me and my friends over mm-hmm. at momkv.com. We are on all the platforms. Our biggest one is Facebook but um, the Instagram and I just started playing with the TikTok, even though my husband thinks that that is like the Chinese are spying on me and I shouldn't be doing that. I mean, Anyhow, the Chinese have been spying on you. Yeah. I'm like, it's over. They, they, they have everything they need. So yeah. Um, yeah. So it's mom cave TV and we're on all the places and we basically, you know, just joke about the ridiculousness of being a parent and adulting like, who let us do this and, you know, occasionally share hacks and things that make it easier. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And we welcome everybody. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll put the links for all of that stuff in, um, in the show notes so that, um, you guys can easily access that. Um, and then on my end, um, Jennifer, I will be sending you, uh, some stickers as a, as a, as a thank you for being on uh, Ono with Anna Campion. And if you're not Jennifer and you want stickers, there's a super easy way to get those. And it's by subscribing to the Patreon or donating to the coffee. Um, so if you subscribe to the Patreon, I send you stickers whenever they come and you also get exclusive access to um, my White Claw Review episode videos. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's just me talking to myself pretty much. Um, I actually did record one yesterday and I talked a lot about uh, John Mulaney and Olivia Munn. So <laughs> that's great. 
Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so definitely subscribe to those. Those are super helpful to, uh, me to keep the podcast going. And other than that, um, we are at Ono the pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and that's where we post like fun clips and you can kind of reach out to us directly. Um, and then if you are listening on Apple podcasts in particular, um, or if you have access to Apple podcasts, please do rate and review us because, uh, those rates and reviews get us higher in the algorithm. They boost us. So more people listen so that more people rate and review so that more, you know how it goes. Um, you know, Jen, you know, I know. Um, yeah. Give her five stars. Give the lady five stars right now, please. (laughs) I'm begging. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm at, I am the campion on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so if you want to just follow me personally, then, um, you can go ahead and do that. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening, Jen. Thanks again for coming on and, uh, yeah, I will catch you all on the flip. Huge thank you to all of my amazing patrons, Grace Murray, Alana Coleman, Kira Sears, Jillian Townsend, Schaefer Nelson, Clay Moyhan, Haley Pregnall, Caroline Phelan, Stephen B., and Davidson Norris. You guys are absolutely amazing. You're the reason that this podcast can keep going. And if you want to be just as cool as them and also have access to all the White Claw review videos, then definitely please go and join the Patreon link in bio. Ono's theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Katie Stahl and Mackenzie Haight. And the amazing cover art was done by Devante Burse, uh, at Devante Burse on all socials, at designed by Devante on Instagram.